What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you and your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode, dealing with anything and everything from evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, relationship advice, prayer, the list goes on. I will then spend time with your questions. I will pray with your questions. I will even uh, address your questions with some of my friends who are theologians. And then I will try to get back to you in a timely manner in a way that is good for you to grow in holiness. However, disclaimer is this. I am not perfect. I'm broken. Therefore, my advice to you might not always be good for you. If that's the case, I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to grow in discipleship. However, if my advice is helpful, though um, difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into our Savior, Jesus Christ, in prayer, in scripture, in the sacraments, so that Christ can give you the graces that you and I both need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you're a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions and comments and critiques on today's show and future episodes at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. That's askfrjosh at ascensionpress.com. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other um, podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media platforms. This helps other people find out about the gift of the show. If it's helpful for you, potentially it could become helpful for them as well. And finally, you can text us at 33777 with the word Ask Father Josh, all caps, all one word, and Father is spelled F R, so Ask F R Josh to win a raffle drawing for an autographed book, um, as well as email updates about the show in the future. On today's show, we're going to talk about three topics anxiety, um, how to get plugged into our parishes, and about the Masons. Uh, but before we get into those topics, I want to share with you a glory story. All right, my glory story comes from just time I was able to spend with a, a really good friend of mine and one of my mentors. Uh, uh, as as you know, one of my passions is not only evangelization and the interior life, but one of my passions that I really feel like I was created for this time is to bring about um, institutional racial justice, right? To to be used by God to to heal hearts that have been affected by racism and to transform uh, broken systems that still um, that still produce uh, racist effects, right, in their practices and their policies and their written rules and unwritten rules. And so today I was able to hang out with one of my mentors who uh, has, is just a gift when it comes to breaking down some of those barriers, rewriting some of those policies, helping people to learn how to collaborate with each other to uh, address some of those practices that continue to perpetuate the racial divide, that continue to hurt the heart of Jesus. Um, he prays for unity in John 17, and so we all know that the devil, the Antichrist, wants disunity, and one of the ways that the devil has been able to perpetuate disunity in the body of Christ, at least in America, um, since America's conception has been through um, institutional racism. And so th this morning I was able to, to take my, my mentor uh, with me and we were able to pray all morning together. We were able to spend time with each other at St. Joseph's um, Abbey and pray the Office of the Readings with the monks 
and spend time with Jesus Christ and the Blessed Sacrament in that beautiful monastery and then also pray in nature. And then we were also able to spend time with the cloistered Carmelite nuns um, at their convent in Covington, Louisiana, and, and listen to them as they uh, pray the office as well. And there's just something super beautiful about interceding for the world, interceding for our ancestors, interceding for those saints who haven't even been created yet through the liturgy of the hours, the prayers of Jesus Christ, but specifically with sisters. Like cloistered nuns, whenever they chant the Psalms, it is as if we're listening to angels sing. They sound so beautiful. They sound as if we're already in heaven. As you know, in heaven, the angels sing, holy, 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 sanctus, sanctus, sanctus. It's as if we're having a piece of heaven on earth. And so we were able to, to like really lean into their prayer with them in their cloistered convent and just spend some good time together. And then as we were having this this morning of prayer together, uh, I ran into Sister Teresa Berlin, who is one of my greatest mentors, this nun who used to be at Mother Angelica's monastery. Uh, she was a cloistered nun with Mother Angelica for many years, and then Mother Angelica gave her permission to leave the cloister to be a an archdiocesan hermit in the archdiocese of New Orleans, and and she has been a, a bridge for so many people um, over the past few years who were who hurt by members of the body of Christ in the Catholic Church. She's been a bridge for so many people to come back to the sacramental life of the Catholic Church uh, through her ministry. Not only have people been baptized and confirmed and received Holy Communion and gone to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, but through her ministry, through her gift of self, um, she's also born supernatural fruit in, in having um, one of her daughters in the neighborhood that she ministered and become a religious sister with the Holy Family Sisters. Um, and so uh, she's just been a great gift for me to to look up to in my walk toward eternity. And so as me and my, my friend Maxine Crump, um, as we were praying today, we ran into her two times. Two times we saw her. And it was just such a gift to be able to, to spend time because she's such a joyful, a joyful witness with her as well. And so, yeah, it's been a beautiful day. My glory story is just getting away from the work that we do to build God's kingdom, to work for justice and charity and evangelization and discipleship and catechesis, to work for supernatural fruit, to get away from the work and just to immerse ourselves in the prayer and the prayer of the church with monks and with closer nuns. Such a gift. All right, that's my glory story. Now let's get into today's follow-up feedback from previous episodes. All right, first feedback comes in from Joseph. Joseph writes this, my guy, my dude, I love your podcast, man. It's so good to hear your wisdom both. Um, if I do know it, then it just affirms my faith. And if I don't know it, then hey, I learned something new today. You and Kevin McCall roasted me so, so bad the other day. I was listening to y'all while I was working and you guys were talking about the Holy Spirit. And when people get a, a word over praying over someone, the first thing that roasted me was, was what Kevin said. He said that it's a solid prayer as long as the person feels like they've been kissed by Jesus. I thought that the one of the coolest, I thought that was one of the coolest things I've ever heard. The second thing and the big thing that got me and challenged me too was what you said about the catechism. You said basically, if you're listening to podcasts more than you're reading scripture in the catechism, and there's a problem. That got me so bad, man. But thanks so much for that wisdom. Please pray for myself and anyone else who struggles with this because 
of the growing desire. Um, it can be a cross, but all glory be to God. Joseph. Yeah, Joseph. Praise God. So, Joseph, man, I just get the sense that you're kind of like a Catholic hipster, man, the way you write. <laughs> well, you, you, you write like uh, my friend Austin Ashcraft sounds. Uh, so, Joseph, praise God that the Lord uh, was able to use Kevin uh, and me to, to help you in your walk toward heaven. All right. Also, next one comes in from Maria. Oh, Maria, Maria, oh, 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 oh. you remind me of Jesus' story. He chose her to be his mother, and now I am his brother. Oh, oh, Maria, Maria. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. Uh, Maria, who is the wife of Joseph in the scriptures and the mother of God, writes this. Hi, Father Josh. I just want to share something that happened to me. I'm praying the 54th day Rosary Novena, which is turning into something beautiful. What a powerful prayer the Rosary is. Amen. I love the Rosary. All right. So anyways, back to Maria. I've been praying it at night on my knees, which is a challenge for me. And as I prayed Saturday night, I saw your picture as clear as day. I figured you needed prayers. Maybe not at that moment, but at some time. I'm finding as I pray, certain images pop in my head. It may be Jesus based on the mystery I'm currently praying or a person will pop in my head. It's an experience and it's a beautiful one. Thank you for all you do, your sister in Christ, Maria. Well, Maria, thank you for praying for me. I need all the intercessory prayers I can get from the members of the body of Christ. We all need each other. I need you. And so I'm super grateful that uh, you uh, were able to intercede for me as you were praying the rosary because certainly I'm always in need of prayers. And our last feedback comes in from Jaime. This one says this. Hi, Father Josh. My name is Jaime from Calgary, Alberta. And I was listening to your most recent podcast about spiritual direction and the craziest thing happened. About two years ago, I was heavily discerning the priesthood, but ultimately I decided that that wasn't the road to take. Since then, I've gotten to a serious relationship. However, there are days when I feel like the grass is greener on the other side. However, I know most of these thoughts are from the enemy because nothing but fear and anxiety come from them. Thoughts like, God's going to be mad at you that you said no to the priesthood. Anyway, I was listening to your podcast and kind of zoned out because these thoughts started to flare up. I began to rebuke those thoughts by reminding myself that Jesus' voice is the good shepherd and his voice is peace. Then in that same moment, you started talking, speaking about how God will bless whichever vocation we choose and that he won't condemn us for choosing one or the other as long as we are holy. I just thought that that was such a cool moment and how God reassured me of his love through your podcast. So thank you, Father. God bless you and praying for you. Hi, May. Hi, May. Thank you so much. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, the Lord just wants us to be saints. And so he wants us to be saints who are free as long as we are following the Ten Commandments, loving God, loving our neighbor, in line with the church's teachings. He is cool with us being a priest. He's cool with us being a monk or a friar. He's cool with us being a nun, our religious sister. He's cool with us being a married person or a consecrated single person. The Lord is cool with it all as long as we're being holy. So I pray for you, Jaime, that you will continue to be a man after the heart of Jesus and be holy. All right, now let's get into today's topics. First question comes in from Sloan. Sloan writes in about anxiety, depression, and mental illness. Sloan writes this. 
Hi, Father Josh. My boyfriend introduced me to your podcast a few months ago, and I absolutely love it. I think it is important to constantly learn more about the church that Jesus Christ created. Your answers to people's questions and the way you tell stories is truly a gift from God. I recently graduated from college, and I'm in a period of transition in my life before I start graduate school. The transition has been more difficult than I have expected, and I now suffer from anxiety. I also already visited counselor with Catholic Charities. I know the Lord's grace is sufficient and he will deliver me. However, I am still struggling to control my overwhelming feelings of doubt and worry. What is your spiritual advice for someone in my situation suffering from anxiety, depression, or a mental illness? Whose intercession should they ask for? Are their prayers already written for this? Thank you for all you do. Okay, Sloan, look, great, great, great question. So I have a few thoughts I, I want to share with you about your situation. All right, first thought is this. I think it's always really, really helpful whenever we, for those of us who struggle with anxiety or depression or mental illness, to, to have a healthy habit of eating healthy, sleeping a good number of hours a day, exercise, and good time management, um, and inviting someone else to, to look at your rule of life when it comes to what you eat, when you sleep, uh, when you work out, right? So just on that level, like check that first. Like, am I eating healthy? Am I sleeping right? Am I working out? Also, have a have a simple rule of life that you don't have to be scrupulous about with regards to prayer, right? I think that every one of us should spend at least 15 to 30 minutes a day with Jesus in prayer in the sacred scriptures, through the scriptural rosary, through the sacred scriptures with the Blessed Sacrament, through Lectio Divina with the daily readings and the Word of God, but like legit 15 minutes to 30 minutes of prayer every day. And typically what might be helpful for you is to start off with a song, with some kind of music sometimes, especially when we struggle with anxiety or depression. Music helps us to kind of get out of ourselves and to even voice maybe what we're feeling that we can't articulate with our prayer to God. And so we find a song that that communicates that. And then we go from communicating that to God in, in song and in prayer and in, in, in praise um, to the word of God. And we focus our attention on Jesus. We take our eyes off of ourselves. We don't navel gaze, but we focus all of our attention now on God, on his voice and his word, right? And so that's the first thing I'll say is try to have a keepable rule of life with regards to working out, eating healthy, sleeping, and prayer. Also, immerse yourself in the sacraments and worship at daily mass or Sunday mass in receiving God's mercy in the sacrament of reconciliation, maybe monthly, um, and then going out of yourself in service for other people who might be sick, suffering, or going through it as well, um, weekly. Uh, so uh, there's a story I like to share from Father Champagne. Father Michael Champagne is a beautiful, awesome, holy, saintly priest in the Diocese of Lafayette. He's with the community of Jesus Christ crucified. And he shares this awesome story about this woman who's whose son died. And when her son died, she went to the, the cemetery every day and she was grieving. And um, and then one day, uh, this woman came to uh, the priest rectory who was pregnant in, in a, an abusive relationship. And so she needed somewhere to go. And the priest knew that this mother whose son died had a big house. And so he went to her and said, can you help me out here? And she said, no, I can't. Like my son's dead. And she just couldn't get out of herself and her, her, her struggle, her depression. 
And he said, please, you're the only person who can help this young woman out. And so she said, all right, this one time, Father, I'll let her in. So whenever she took her eyes off of herself and began to focus on this woman and her unborn baby and serve them, she ended up finding like some healing, actually, from her, her depression. This woman ended up taking, I think, over a thousand maybe women and children throughout the rest of her life and taking care of them. And as she did that, she experienced peace in the midst of the struggle that she was going through, in the midst of her grief that she was experiencing from the loss of her child. So I, too, would encourage you, Sloan, to not only eat well and sleep right and work out and have a keepable rule of life with prayer and with sacraments and worship and praise of God, but also to serve people um, in your community weekly or biweekly so that you can get out of yourself and focus on other people who are struggling. Along with that, I would uh, really invite you to receive um, more help through counseling um, and and direction uh, through psychologists, uh, psychotherapists who could also potentially give you medication. Uh, CIRAC 38 speaks about the gift of medicine, and sometimes some members of the body of Christ need medication, and that's good because God is healing you through that that medicine. Um, There's other things that you could also do, too, like breathing exercises. Um, Whenever we are going through moments of of anxiety or or whenever we're experiencing uh, just deep depression, sometimes it is helpful to pay attention to our breathing. And as we breathe in to recite Lord Jesus Christ, as we breathe out, um, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Also, being present to the present moment can be helpful for some people. For instance, if you're driving and you begin to get caught up in your thoughts and you start to have a panic attack, what might help you is to acknowledge my hands right now are on the steering wheel. My butt is in the seat, right? My eyes are on the road. Like That which is going on in my mind right now is not real. What's real is my hands are on the steering wheel. My butt is in the seat. Like That's what's real. Um, so that also might be a, a good practice for, for you. Um, finally, recognize this. Healing might happen overnight, but for most of us, it doesn't happen overnight, right? For most of us, we struggle with things for many years, sometimes a lifetime. Like you said, God's grace is sufficient for you. God is with you in this. But these are just tools that might help you to struggle well if God chooses to heal you um, through a lifetime of his grace in this specific thing you're going through with your with your anxiety. Um, who's a saint that I think you can lean on? John Henry Newman. John Henry Newman might be a faithful companion for you and your journey in this season of your life. Here's something John Henry Newman said many years ago that might um, inspire you to walk with him. He says this, I have my mission. I may never know it in this life, but I shall be told it in the next. Whatever, wherever I am, I can never be thrown away. If I am in sickness, my sickness may serve him. In perplexity, my perplexity may serve him. If I am in sorrow, my sorrow may serve him. He does nothing in vain. He knows what he is about. He may take away my friends. He may throw me among strangers. He may make me feel desolate, make my spirits sink, hide my future from me. Still, he knows what he is about. Therefore, I will trust him. So I think that John Henry Newman might be a saint for you, and that might be a quote that you can spend time reflecting on as you continue to walk with Jesus um, and allow Jesus to love you in your anxiety, depression, um, and even mental illness. All right, Sloan, hopefully that was helpful. Let me know. Hit me up at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. And maybe in a few months, share with me if any of this advice was helpful for you. Next follow-up feedback 
question comes in from uh, one of our listeners by the name of Avery. Avery writes this, Dear Father Josh, you probably don't know, remember me, but I will never forget you. I consider this my own little glory story. I was a member of St. Aloysius Parish in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, which was one of my former assignments. Praise God. God bless those holy people there. I was also a student at LSU and a student at Louisiana Culinary Institute. But before I became a student at the culinary school, I moved back to my hometown for a semester during a really rough period of my life. During that period, I had left the church and lost all hope and faith, not necessarily in Christ, but I had just lost hope that he could love someone like me. Eventually, I made my way back to Baton Rouge for school, and I had a little house on Stewart Street. I still thank God every day for finding us a house on the same street as the church. I would often walk to Mass with my sister, not really wanting to attend and feeling guilty most of the time. One day after Mass, during the final prayer, you stopped and said the following. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I feel God urging me to stop and share this message with someone in here tonight. Then you continue to say, you are so loved. And whatever you're going through will pass. You are so loved by our Father. I wept the entire night. It changed my life. My heart has been set on fire for Jesus ever since. And I truly perceive that to be Jesus working through you. Now, on to my question. I live in my hometown again. And as I said, my heart has been lit on fire for Jesus ever since that night. I have helped to bring so many of my friends to adoration and mass. I love my parish. But I find myself hesitant to get more involved. I feel like I have a lot of great skills that I can use to better my parish and other young people who have fallen away from the church. I want to be an instrument for Jesus, but I don't know where to start. Should I ask someone in the parish office where they need help or my parish priest? Should I plan a meeting or just start volunteering in random ways? There are so many options. I would really love some guidance with love. Avery. Yeah, Avery, God bless you. I'm so grateful to hear um how you're doing, how well you're doing, and how God was even able to use me um, when I was at St. Aloysius to, to help you to, to, to perceive the love that he has for you. He really does love you so much. I, I don't think we're ever going to be able to, to grasp how much our Father just delights in us, but yeah, he does. So uh, what's my advice for you uh, with your situation and how to get plugged into your parish? I can tell you what I always appreciate. I always appreciate when a parishioner comes to me um, and tells me what their gifts are, and then asks me what my needs are in the parish. There's this African priest who once said, he said, you Americans, you Americans, you always start with me, me, me. He says, in my village, we always start with this. What are my gifts, and what are the needs of my community? And then I look at the needs of my community and my gifts, and where my gifts match those needs is what I do. It's not about what I like to do, what I want to do. It's what are my gifts and what are the needs. And so I've appreciated so much when parishioners come to me and say, hey, look, Father Josh, here are my gifts, my natural gifts and my supernatural gifts, my charisms I receive from the Holy Spirit at baptism. What are your needs? And I might say, oh, wow, thank you so much for sharing because your gift of encouragement could really be used well in a small group Bible study or your gift of evangelization can be used well in this new ministry I'm trying to start with door-to-door outreach to the poor. Uh, or your gift of, of administration could help me to be better organized and get things done, right? Your gift of intercessory prayer can be used on this, on this new retreat we're trying to put on. And we're trying to get a retreat team started. And we need people who can commit to praying for the retreat and praying for the retreatants and praying for me and praying for the parish, right? right? So tell me, what is your charism? If you aren't sure what your charism is, 
then I would encourage you to do the Called and Gifted Workshop uh, through Sherry Waddell. Sherry Waddell's Called and Gifted Workshop uh, is absolutely amazing. It's in the Siena Institute, and it's beautiful. And when you do that, you can learn your charisms. And instead of just doing any random ministry, you can try out ministries that uh, go well with your particular supernatural gift you receive from the Holy Spirit at your baptism. So, um, yeah, I would encourage you to go to your pastor and have that conversation with him. Uh, just share with him what your gifts are. If you don't know what they are, then before you meet with your pastor, do the call and gift the workshop, do the inventory, um, do a phone call with somebody uh, through the CN Institute, and then go to your pastor and say, look, here's what I have. How can I help? How can I help you with your mission? Remember, the pastor is the one who has the vision for the parish, not the people. The pastor is given the vision, and the pastor shares the vision with the people after hopefully he's prayed with the people and listened to the people and uh, has been immersed in the community. Then he gets the vision for the parish, and we the people are supposed to support the pastor through our different gifts in the body of Christ. So that's what I would encourage you to do is to, to go to him and share. And if that doesn't work out well, maybe he might not be open because some priests are are mean. <laughs> they just are. So if that if your priest isn't open to that kind of conversation, then I would I would reach out to the to the DRE, to the adult faith formation director, to the youth minister, to the young adult coordinator, to the family life director, to someone else in the parish and say, how can I get plugged in with your ministry? Here's my gifts. What do you need? And then just rock and roll for the kingdom of God. So Avery, let me know if that was helpful advice. All right, y'all, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dive into our final question on the Masons. All right, see you soon. What if you could go back and experience the very first Advent and walk alongside Joseph and Mary as they prepare to welcome the baby Jesus? Rejoice! Advent Meditations with Joseph is an all-new Advent resource from Ascension. Experience that very first Advent journey through daily meditations in the Rejoice Journal and through a series of short, easy-to-access videos. Make Advent come alive this year. Visit RejoiceProgram.com. RejoiceProgram.com. And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can send me your questions at AskFatherJosh at EssentialPress.com. If you're feeling fancy, record a voice note. We could play that on a future show as well. And you can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. That helps other people find out about the show, and you can share us on all your social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the like. And that also helps people find out about the show. Final question comes in from Catherine. Catherine writes this, Hello, Father Josh. Just recently found your show. I'm loving how real and open you are about answering the questions. What's that song? Real love. Oh, come on. Hey, hey. I'm talking about that real love. Get it, Mary. Something and something. Mm-mm. Real love, ooh, I'm talking about that real love, yeah, uh, yo, hey, one more time, said I'm searching for that real love and I just don't want uh, uh, mashed potatoes and some gravy on the side, I'm, my bad, Catherine, alright, so, I also enjoy your burst of song. That's crazy. I just I just sang and you enjoy it. Praise God. It was it was so prophetic. Uh, I also work through things sometimes with songs. There's a song for every occasion, don't you think? I do think. Yeah. As many of you listeners, I'm a cradle Catholic. The organization of Masonry and its sister organization has recently been brought to my attention. My neighbors, whom I respect and know to be faithful Christians, if not Catholics, are members. They are the most giving, warm, welcoming people always busy with various events and community programs. I began wondering what their organization is all about. If I look it up online, there are many websites that, for good or bad, talk about this secret organization. 
It sort of looks like it was started maybe by Catholic Scots, but the church is against it, I think. There are conspiracy theories and occult theories. Curiosity makes me want to know more, but I'm wary after all this stuff online. Making more connections with my community is something I'm seeking, but I'm involved in my church community, uh, but that only serves a portion of my community as a whole. I like to meet more and interact with individuals in the community. So what is the church's stance today on this organization and why? All right, great question, Catherine. So historically, the objective of the Masons has been to get this, destroy the Catholic Church. They were created to destroy the Catholic Church that Jesus Christ founded 2,000 years ago on the Rock of Peter. Uh, in the United States, a lot of people see the Masons as a men's social club and their sister clubs as sister clubs, but that does not change what the institution stands for in her foundation, in her roots, is to destroy the Catholic Church. This is not okay, right? It's not okay. She's against the bride of Christ. I, I'm saying she because the Masons are also a religion, right? They're not just a social club of a bunch of dudes that want to get together. They are a naturalistic religion with rituals and worship, investments and prayers and secret meetings, right? You cannot be a Mason and a Catholic, right? So like you, this is not for you, right? You cannot be made. That's like me saying, I want to be Muslim and Catholic, right? There are two different religions, two different religions. One believes Jesus Christ is God. The other believes Jesus Christ was a prophet. Masons and Catholics are opposed to each other in every way possible. So if you're looking for a club to get invested in, if you're looking for a group for your, your guy friends to get invested in, then I would encourage your guy friends to join the Knights of Peter Claver or the Knights of Columbus. They have a few secret things going on there, but they are more than a social club. They are a club of disciples of Jesus Christ. If you as a lady want to get involved in different female organizations, getting plugged into the Catholic Daughters or get plugged into Ladies Auxiliary, there's so many good Catholic organizations that are good, or just a small group Bible study, right? Discipleship and the model of Jesus Christ. Get involved in a small group discipleship Bible study. But again, the Masons were founded to destroy the Catholic Church. So if a Catholic man joins the Masons, he um, he excommunicates himself from the church, uh, according to canon law, canon 2335 in the, uh, in the 1917 code and in the 1983 code, uh, canon 1374. Um, so you, you automatically excommunicate yourself because you can't be this and that. Remember, Jesus Christ was in the scriptures. It's, it's me or the world. You can't have God in the world. So you can't be Catholic and Mason. Catholic Church is about forming saints. The Masonic, Masonic cult is about destroying the Catholic Church. Uh, therefore, it's going against the will of God. So, yeah, and it's super demonic, too. Like, um, it, they do some super nasty rituals, like, the higher up that you go. Um, and so, like, anytime um, there's actually, like, in deliverance ministry and healing ministry, there are, are prayers to to recite with, with a priest or with someone else before the, the Lord um, to, to break Masonic curses that can be passed down from generation to generation. The, the Masons, to be clear, um, are a community uh, rooted in that which is opposed to Christ. Um, and so they have uh, certain certain powers that can be passed down from generation to generation, curses, uh, because it's obviously of, of the enemy. So yeah, uh, and I do, I get it. I know certain communities, uh, even in Louisiana, where there's like whole towns that are like made up of Masons, and the only way you can get by in life, and the only way you can make it is if you join the Masons. And they're like, all right, if I want to make it in this, in this field, I have to join the Masons. No, choose Jesus. 
Choose Jesus over the Masons at all times, and God will provide what you need, when you need, where you need, and how you need it, and your walk and your family's walk toward eternity. So that brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, so right now, let's just go ahead and pray together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, help us to always choose you, to always choose you in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions, in our relationships, in our work, and our ministry, and our time to choose you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I, y'all, I will see you next week. God bless. Thank you.